Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the F10X Academy. You are on the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. My name is Timothy Fair Matthews, and tonight we have two legends with us. Legend number one, Fat Man Scoop. Fat Man Scoop is a two-time Grammy Award-winning record artist, promoter, and radio personality. He has done over 100 live shows across the world, uh, world and from clubs to major tours. After the hit of the pandemic, travel hit a stop for Scoop, and he had to come up with a unique way to keep in touch with his fan base. Raj, our second legend, met Scoop over a decade ago, and they reconnected a few years back in Dubai and collaborated on a podcast called The Other People's Podcast. They now work together to convert Scoop's conversations with artists like Missy Elliott, Snoop Dogg, Will I Am, from his Instagram content into a podcast itself. Tonight, we're talking about ways to make noise in a lockdown. Um, I can tell that I know you two have certainly done that. Guys, it's absolutely awesome that you've uh, taken the time to join us tonight and uh, give us some value and knowledge to such a niche entrepreneur group in Dubai. I can't tell you how appreciative we are. So thank you so much. Guys, how are you, first of all? Well, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, you know, same thing, same hustle. I'm getting used to a, a new normal. You know, I'm not going out on a Friday and a Saturday. It feels really, really different. But you take your skills from one, you, 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 if you have skill sets, you take them and you use them however it's needed. So, I mean, am I, um, is it different? Yes. Um, I will say this. I worked twice as hard now in the pandemic than I did when I when there was no pandemic. I go I go to bed I go to bed at nine nine to nine thirty p.m. Eastern time, and I wake up at three thirty a.m. Eastern time. Wow. Uh, and the rest of the day is just editing videos, uh, making thumbnails, uh, positioning content. So it, you know, uh, basically, it's just a marathon. It's just, it's just a marathon. Yeah. It's something that you have to do day in and day out and getting used to the new normal. And, um, you know, we will get back to a place where we're on the road again, but the culture will change and it will never be the same until it's not the same anymore. And, and what I mean by that is that 102 years ago, they had a pandemic, Right. And, and that was followed by depression. And then they came out of it 10 years, 10 years later, and it was like booming. But what it, what, it's the same old thing happening all over again. We will, we will go back to where we don't wear masks. We will go back to where we're not worried again. But it'll take, I think this is going to be a five-year cultural shift. Yeah. I mean, people are saying that... Um... What we're seeing is the spike to the virus. The recession hasn't even hit yet. You know, we, we are in for a, you know, a second wave, economic wave. Um, and people that haven't used this time wisely, and this is what we're talking about all the time. Like if you're not reinventing yourself now, then then you're in a trouble because that, that effect of not doing something will compound. That will be mm -hmm. a huge thing. So, I mean, talk us a little bit about um, what you guys have been doing. Because, Raj, I know you guys have been working furiously. Um since the lockdown, you said you're up to, uh, like most of the night scoop. So tell us, tell us a little bit about what you guys have been doing. Yeah, I mean, so from my part to answer the first question, like things things have been great. Um, we we I, I've I've heard almost unanimously from people for the last one and a half years, two years that when the next recession hits, it's going to make 2008 look like Disney World, and mm. it does make 2008 look like Disney World 2009. But nobody predicted it was going to be a pandemic. Now, 
Tim, you and I spend a tremendous amount of time talking on a weekly basis. Scoop and I spend a lot of time talking on a weekly basis. I very much believe that from a business strategy point of view, it's very much like clay pigeon shooting. You have to shoot your gun five feet ahead of the clay pigeon so that it hits the target when it gets there. So we've always had a few business ideas in the chamber, like a few business ideas ready to go, whether they be in other industries or they be in the same industry that we're in, but they are maybe five months ahead or one year ahead. What COVID-19 has done has brought us forward three years in terms of working from home, forward three years in terms of e-commerce, forward three years in terms of the way that we consume content, forward three years, and then you know you just carry on naming it. So from my perspective, I'm really excited because you know my body is always in the year that we're in, but my mind is always five, 10 years out. And so I, I feel like it's, it's, it's time to go right now. It's like the best time ever. Um, and I, and I've been saying to people, and I say this respectfully to anybody who, who doesn't know me, um, because if you did, you'd understand what I'm saying. I don't mean in any disrespectful way, uh, but aside from the sheer volume of biological threat, negativity, and death, like if you took that out, which mm. you can't, and I don't want to, I don't want to lower like down rank it, but if you take that out, this is the perfect economic storm. And I just wish that we could have this level of economic and social change without losing so many people that we care about. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's all, I think it's all affected us in that way as well, mate. I mean, I've, my, my business partner lost his father recently due to it. Um, it's, 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 bleak, it's bleak times, but I mean, you know, you have to, you have to push on and uh, you've got to reinvent. And, you know, it's what you do every hour you spend is important. It's the reason why we're mm -hmm. up so late, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and to your question about working with Scoop, like, you know, Scoop is a Scoop is a Scoop is a untethered genius, honestly. Like if you look at the fact that on a drop of a dime, he can interview anyone as he has done. You know, when I say a drop of a dime, I mean, he just instigated IG Live, you know, IG Live popped off in COVID. He took it to a whole other level. You know, Missy yeah. Elliott, DMX, Snoop Dogg, like the all star royalty list. Of, of hip-hop artists and others you know uh, sports commentators athletes actors uh it's just it's just incredible um really what what he's done and and one thing that i really like about working with scoop is that he recognizes by his own admission it's not a diss that he can't do everything himself and so he's just very good at calling up people and, and getting people around him motivated to work and uh, and and what we've done as creative content agency is taken his content uh, repurposed it for the podcast at the moment scoop is doing you know seven interviews or five interviews a week you know in, in some cases and so we don't really have the time to tailor the content all the way that we would do if we we're recording a native podcast but what we do is give a chance to for people to check it out real time and uh and and at their convenience on a platform and on a media that just continues to grow uh, which is podcasting even more so uh, during the coronavirus mm -hmm. No, of course. I mean, Scoop, are there many artists doing what you're doing, or are you kind of ahead of the curve? What do you think? Um, there's there's a handful of people. Um, uh, Fat Joe is one that's doing it every single day. He's uh, he's working really hard on it. There's another guy who's a promoter. His name is uh, Kenny Burns. He does it. Um, you know, of course, you know Talib Kweli had it had his thing going already, so he's doing it. Um, for me. I just looked at it like this. I was in London, England. I was in England when this entire pandemic hit. And I started looking forward. And they and and probably like three days out, they they kind of said, All right, we're gonna let you do one last show and that's it. After that tour over. And the the night that the, we did the last show, I Got into, I, I went back and I was supposed to go back to my house the next morning. And I said, okay, I am essentially sacked from my business. That's it. It's over. And I said, okay, what am I going to do now? And I said to myself, you better pivot quickly because history is wrote, written by the winners and whoever gets to the, the finish line first is the man. You better pivot real quick. 
And I am a radio DJ by nature. I'm a radio presenter by nature. I did that for uh, for eight, 17 years on Hot 97, and I've been doing it for 25 syndicated. So I was just like, let me get back to what I what I know how to do. And I made a decision to do this every single night. And the reason that I did it every night was because I knew that I had to get my reps up because you have to you have to do what's hard until it becomes easy. All my other friends were like, nah, do it two, three times a week. I, no, we have to do this now. We have to put our put the hammer down. And there were so many other things in my life, other distractions and things that were going on. And I had to go to those people and say, look, right now I am not working. So that means theoretically, I'm not like you. I don't get a check put in my hand every Friday like a bird. Like, here, eat this check. No, whatever I kill is what I eat. So I said, listen, I'm going to explain something to everyone right now. I'm on a mission to get this thing onto television, onto a streaming platform, onto something. And I will not be around for a while. I will not be present. I will be in a zone because I have ADHD. So it, when I'm spacey, I'm spacey. But when I'm dialed in, I'm hyper dialed in. And I went, I went ahead and approached my business like that. Again, I get up at 3.30 in the morning and I, I get up on millionaire time and I do all the things that I can do while the phone is not ringing. And then, and then I do my other little uh, other business I do. Then I go in the studio for three hours. Then I make three hours worth of phone calls and now here we are, it's time to do the show. Do the show, get, get, get off the show, I'll go and do the recap, I'll, I, I'll do all the points that I want my editor to, to take for the recap and then I go to bed. And that goes over and over and over and over. And, and, and the one thing that I learned through this entire situation with COVID is this, nothing in the world beats consistency, nothing. So when I, when I was, when I was on the road, I had about 82,000 followers, 82, 83,000 followers. Once I got home and started doing this broadcast every day, I've gone from 83 to 114. So that's 83. That's 93, 103, and uh, that's 103 and 114. That's almost like 20, maybe 20 and some change. So the biggest thing that I can say to anybody is consistency is key. Whatever you're doing, you better do it and you better do it like your life depends on it. If you and, and let me and let me let me take it one step further for you. If you have a job, you better do it like your life depends on it. Because you could be out of that job soon. Or right now, at your job that you work for, they're looking up there right now, they're looking at people who create value. Now, some people may say that that's ass kissing. Some people may say that that's brown nosing. Some people may say that's whatever. But here's the reality. If you are somebody who punches your your your, your, your thing in at 9 o'clock and you punch it out at 5, you're going to be without a job soon. The only people who are going to make it through this crisis are the people who create value. The only people who are going to make it through this crisis are the people who get up every day. So if you are one of those people and I know, I know a couple of them that have, have, have taken this entire crisis to sit on a, on, a, on a couch or a chair and watch the best of Netflix, you are a loser. And you will get left at the end. Give yourself the best chance to win. Go to work now. And listen, you might not get paid for it right now, but you have to think forward and you have to work hard to get to that place. Right now, I'm not getting paid for this. I was lucky. I was lucky. I went on tour right before the pandemic hit. I have enough to make it. I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm uh, drowning in money. I, I'll be okay. I just got to be careful with what I do. But my goal is this, to work hard, to bust my behind, to make myself get some kind of platform deal or whatever so that whatever I have in savings, I never spend. I only work with new money. And that's that's the game plan for me. Mate, so inspiring. 
so inspiring, so true. Value, value first. I mean, I think every talk circles back to this. Absolutely back to this. If anything, it's the perfect way to sell, isn't it? I mean, you give value first. Rad, you bang about, I know about this all the time. Give the value first, don't you? Yeah, and and, and I think that the, the, the key to unlocking that is understanding that because the world is always changing, you can always have a fresh opinion. You know, if you feel like you gave up everything that you know prior to February, well, now we live in a different world. So now you can go and restart and tell everything that you know again. Your two cents that you had before is now kind of invalid if it's pre-COVID, right? Or it needs to be at least updated. And so people don't want to give away everything that they know and they operate from a place of scarcity, not realizing that the world is changing every day and you can refresh and update your opinions based on the world we're in today and then share that and still continue to be valuable. I talk about Jamie Oliver a lot. So for those people outside the UK, he's a very famous TV chef, if not one of the most famous. And he, in his TV show, the show starts with him talking about what he's going to make. Then he goes to the market. He buys the vegetables. He buys the salmon. He shows you which ones he's buying, why those instead of others, goes home, makes the marinade, shows you how long he marinades it, leaves it inside the oven, shows you how he plates it up, puts it on front of you uh, on the TV with all of his beautiful friends sharing the food. He gives away everything. And yet if you want to go to his restaurant to eat that same salmon and vegetable dish, it's going to cost you 20 pounds. Why? Mm -hmm. When he shows how to do it is because you can't give away enough information. People like, what if I podcast every day? What if I IG live every day? What if I blog every day? Won't people get sick of me? Are you crazy? Do you know how hard it is to cut through all the noise with the civil unrest, the COVID-19, things that are going on in your local town, uh, your niece's first baby steps coming through on a video on WhatsApp. People are looking at this and not realizing that this five and a half inch smartphone right here is a multi-million pixel democracy. And every sure. single pixel on here is there to be fought for. And the one thing that we teach in the four piece of content workshop is I use the two-pack analogy, which is that people think that that Tupac's got a song called All Eyes On Me. They think as soon as you start making content, the all eyes are going to be on you. But in reality, it's much more like Tupac, me against the world. You can make that hot IG live like, like, like Fat Man Scoop does. But Fat Man Scoop and myself and yourself, Tim, no matter what we produce, we're all competing with somebody's phone that could just as easily flick over to the Beatles' greatest hits, that could just as easily flick over to a meme of a cat on a skateboard, that could just as easily flick over to something crazy that... Kanye or Donald Trump said, and it's everything. It's just a digital nonstop live, like real time democracy on your phone for things fighting for your attention. And you've got to That's produce. Why value, yeah. That's why you need the value to stand out. Yeah. And as you produce at scale, you get better and better. Right. So the reason why I'm able to just at the drop of a dime, give you a rant like this is because I've given it a thousand times. But for two decades, I've been telling people, here's where the market's going. And especially over the last decade, as digital's become a really big thing, or the last 15 years, you stay ready. The more content you make, the more you stay ready for when that phone call comes and it's Viacom saying, hey, Fat Man Scoop, we're trying to sign you. What can you give us? Or when someone rings me and says, oh, this is the Abu Dhabi uh, marketing conference. We need a keynote speaker. Here's a check. The more content you put out, the more you prime yourself for when that big content opportunity happens. And that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I can give right now is to not to fear the scale, put out as much content as you can. It benefits your audience. It benefits you. And only good things can happen from it as long as you're doing it from a place of good intent. Well, I've, I've, got, I've got a question for Scoop, actually. If you hadn't have done this, do you think you would have had the return of investment on your followers by doing a talk? No, not at all. Um, I was doing it my way, kind of half-assing and putting up stuff whenever. And I was, you know, my movement was kind of slow. You know what I'm saying? It, it was kind of slow. There was times that I was catching it and, and you know, go up another five or six, but it was never 20 or, or 30 or whatever. You know, it was never those kind of numbers. And consistency is the key. You know, um, there's a couple of things that you have to understand. I know a lot of you guys don't understand the game of baseball, but I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through it. In baseball, it's almost like the premier league. Actually you in the premier league, you have under leagues like 15 and under, or, or, you know, under 18 or whatever. And those 
those leagues, yeah, you you play for Liverpool, you play for whatever, but there's no one there. You know, maybe it's a handful of people. Uh, maybe some of those, maybe some of those games are played and nobody's in attendance, right? But you have to keep working. You have to keep working, and eventually you'll get to what we call in America the show. And the show is when seventy-five thousand people are in the building. So, again, you have to keep creating your content, whether someone's watching or not. Because here's here's what what you never know. There is a DJ in America named D Nice, okay, and D Nice basically was the first person during the. COVID crisis to break the internet. He broke Instagram. He was the first person to have like 130, 150, 170,000 people in an in a Instagram live. It's what I call the D-Nice moment. You have to keep working hard because you'll get your D-Nice moment that one time when everything falls into place and followers just come out of nowhere. But if you haven't put the work in, and you haven't created the content, there's nothing for them to watch. There's nothing wow. for them to see when they get there. So D Nice was just a celebrity DJ and he, you know, he was going about his business. And one day he decided to turn on his 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 uh Instagram live and DJ. And one thing led to another, and it led to another, and then Michelle Obama was in there, and then Joe Biden was in there, and then you know, Barack Obama was in there and Bernie Sanders and Rihanna and all these people, DJ Khaled. And it got so big that he got to like a hundred, almost 200,000 people were in this one room. So that's like, that's like four Liverpool stadiums or four Manchester United stadiums. And, and what happened was he didn't know it was going to, he didn't know it was going to happen. He just did what he was, he usually does. He didn't know it was going to happen. He had 200,000 followers. Next thing you turn around, the next morning you have 1.7 million followers. But if you don't have any content for them to consume in the times that nobody was really watching you, what do your fans have to, what do they have to consume? Nothing. So I would just say keep working. You know, for me, this is a day in, day out process. I get up in the morning, I make phone calls. You know, some of those phone calls turn into a no. Some of those phone calls turn into a yes. Some of those phone calls turn into a, hey, man, give me, give me a week or so. Let me figure out what I can do. It's continually putting plant, putting our seeds in the ground and harvesting. And, 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 and I work hard for that. When I first went on Instagram Live, I had three people on my live. That means I could have got on the phone with two of those people. And we could have just had a we we could have had a three way call. Now I'm up to two three hundred two two three hundred by myself. And then when somebody comes on, it's four thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, eight thousand. And every time that I go on with somebody, I do my best. And when they leave, their followers are still staying there. Most of there'll be a drop off, but that person's followers are still there. At that point, I turn it on. I do whatever I got to do to be funny. I do whatever I got to do to be insightful. I do whatever I got to do to be crazy. And you know something? I'll experience a 15% drop off. Then in the first five, 10 minutes, I'll, I'll take another 10%, we'll walk away. But the rest of those people, they stay with me. And each and every day, I gain followers and I gain, gain fans. And that's it. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until I get to where I need to go. Our problem and my problem is that I start things, but I don't finish them. COVID has given me an opportunity to start something and see it all the way through to the end. And that's the one thing that everybody here has to understand. You can start something, but if you don't finish it, then you've done nothing. Yeah. COVID has taken away the distractions of life, hasn't it? 100% on every level. On mm. You know, if, 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 COVID was not here, we probably would have been too distracted to see George Floyd. But we saw it. Yeah, so true. So so, so that's what it is. Yeah, agree with that. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for that. I mean, what you're saying there, leveraging the network from other artists as well, I mean, it just goes to show how collaborations are such a fundamental part of this process. Like, you know, we're 
it's one of the seeds that we pitch in one of the workshops we teach. Collaborations are just huge. Like, look at you guys. You guys are collaborating. So, like, Raj, how, let's talk a little bit about your collaboration a little bit more in terms of detail and how you guys are supporting each other and how that benefits. Because I'm getting a few questions popping up about how you do this and how you do that. And, uh, Scoop, you said earlier wrong, you don't know everything. Um, and I think that's important. That's a very important message that people, I think, need to adhere to because you don't have to know it all, but you can. You probably know someone who does know how to do it. So, I mean, Raj, let, let's expand on that because I think that's a very important part to, to so this a lot of you guys know that like I work I work with a, a guy called Vic. He's he heads up operations in the creative content agency and we probably speak around sometime between seven and ten every morning. And prior to that time, I think he knows as well when he jumps on the call that it's just gonna be a barrage of things that I've studied that morning. I love to I love to study, I love to see who's great and what they're great at doing. And so I I can see stuff coming around the corner. I've got a really good ability to look over a couple of horizons and see who's who's really, really good. And that's led to be the basis of a lot of my collaborations. So you go back to, I guess, the early years, like the, the late 90s and the 2000s, like launching songs like Little Bit of Luck by DJ Luck, MC Neat, Monster Boy, I'm Sorry, Jump Forward to 2004, 2005, meeting Russell Peters, him being gracious enough to let me host a couple of after parties for him in 05, 06. Jump forward again, working with companies in, in LA and seeing those companies get sold for multi-millions of dollars, meeting Scoop, meeting the Wu-Tang Clan, specifically Raekwon the Chef, Gary Vaynerchuk, very, very early in his career. So many people that I, I, I live through those collaborations, but I have to be very clear. I love collaborating with people that are at the absolute top of their game, number one. And number mm -hmm. two, I think my particular style of collaboration has a little bit more risk attached to it. So back in 2005, Russell Peters wasn't number three on Forbes as the earning top, you know, top earning comic. Back in 2008, Gary Vaynerchuk wasn't one of the most influential entrepreneurs in the world. Um, I must admit that when Scoop and I first became friends, he was already famous as hell. <laughs> like he had he had one of the biggest records in the world and an MTV deal and radio yeah. and whatever else. But scary, Scoop is a rare person who we become friends when they're already kind of like at the peak of their career. Uh, so I think, you know, my collaboration formula is is finding somebody who comes from a very authentic place, who's clearly a natural expert. So if you look at or has natural ability, if you look at if you look at Russell Peters, there's never not a funny day in his life. If you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, there's never a day where that person isn't an incredible uh, uh, entrepreneur. And so that's really the way that I collaborate is that I look for people that I'm like, this person's just behaving in their most natural way. It doesn't matter where they are in their life. And hopefully by aligning with them, uh, we can take them to to a higher place and with specifically with regards to to myself and scoop i just i just like scoop as a person i think you know i don't care if we never do another deal again he's just a funny dude he makes me laugh i enjoy being around him we eat we talk we meet in different countries it's just i feel like yeah i just feel like we're getting a bit bromantic here scoop getting a bit bromancy here bro but like you feel me like i just oh, I, you know he, he's <laughs> He's a good human being. I'm sure if we were both working in a sandwich factory, we'd probably, you know, be friends and go for drinks afterwards. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's true, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a scoop. I mean, credit to you. I mean, it sounds like you you have got a really strong relationship. I mean, I'd love to kind of get your feedback both from you from from this point of how do people, let's say here, develop those relationships with maybe the ex, the natural experts, you say, Raj. How would you do that? Would you, again, do that through the value of your service? How would you recommend people start that collaboration? I mean, you've got to start to know them better than they know themselves. Like you've got to, you've got to really obsess over an expert and their ability and their, and their point of view on the world, the way that you might obsess over every single feature of a camera and how that's used in every single situation, every single feature of a car and how that, and, and how you can drive every single car, the way that we break down laptops and, technology and the way that we so study you're, you're basically saying research then so like you and scoop for example let's just say you're let's talk about your collaboration you knew everything about scoop before you even met him is that what you're saying no so i did research scoop ahead of our first interview when our relationship was interviewer and interviewee back in 2006 or 7 or 8 or whenever it was a long time ago so that was a little bit that was a little bit different i would say because you know i was going out there trying to get interviews in a way that i guess scoop is doing now um, but I would say with regards to collaborations is that, you know, people like to collaborate 
in a frictionless way. So when somebody wants to collaborate with me, I'm really, really open if I know that they've watched all my videos, they've understood my point of view. I don't need to reteach them stuff from basics that's already been online. And so I find it easy to start on the second or third floor with them. So that's my advice for like a collaboration. Now, specifically with myself and Scoop, it's it's like myself and yourself, Tim, like me and you, Tim, have have changed Dubai, like we through our collaborations, uh, through my friends, your friends. And that you can collaborate either through spending a lot of time researching people before you approach them and offer them value, or you can just speak to them on such a frequent basis because you like them, that a natural way to work together just presents itself every so yeah. often. It says you're more ethical. You just basically just go in and just want to be friends with them. That's the agenda. There's no money incentive. Do you agree with that, Scoop? Um, in my line of work, you just got to take a chance. Um, okay. You know, a closed mouth does not get fed. So you just got to ask. Um, it's all about your approach. It's a little bit of approach, timing, and luck. You know, yeah. if you walk up to Raekwon the chef, or if you walk up to, uh, you know, uh, Jadakiss, or if you walk up to Drake, all right, that interaction is a little bit of right place, right time, luck, and taking a chance. Number one, some people won't take the chance to walk up on Drake. They'll just say, inside, they'll be like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't do it, and maybe I'm going to look crazy. If you feel that in your chest, you got you better start walking towards Drake. Because you can't be scared to, to introduce yourself. All that can happen is somebody say no. Half of half of people losing is if they didn't even take the chance. It's so true. Listen, yeah. I've been in situations. I've been in situations where there's somebody in the room, and I'm like, man, I don't want to play myself going up to them. But I have to suck it up and say, well, hold on, I gotta do this right now. Because right here, right now is when it has to be done. And I got to change. I got to be the coach in my mind and coach myself into walking up. Yo, what's going on, bro? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Fat man scoop here, whatever. It's some, and I always say my name, no matter whether people know me or not, because I don't take it for granted that they know me. Another thing is that, another thing is that life happens and sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And sometimes you got to just pray for luck. Like, yeah. again, walking up to Drake, you don't know how that outcome's going to be. His security could go like this, right? His security could just go, hey, bro, no. Drake could see something in your face and say, nah, let him through, man, let him through. Now when you get through the door, now what are you going to say now? Hey, Drake, you got, you got, you got. 30 seconds to say whatever you're going to say to Drake. Hey, Drake, man, I've been trying to do so-and-so-and-so. And so and so. I'm a producer. I just want I just want you to hear one beat. That's it. Bang, you better have it ready. So you got to have your phone right there ready, and you got to be ready to play that beat. Because here's the thing. If you get next to somebody and you're not ready to go, you got a certain amount of time before they walk away. Yeah. So it's right Right time, be prepared and be ready to take action immediately. Uh, and that's that's what I say in terms of uh, uh, collaborating in my space. Number two is, if there's somebody you think you can collaborate with, don't be afraid to approach it. Don't be afraid to hit them. You know how many you know how many Instagram DMs I sent out. I sent DMs out. I sent I sent a DM out uh, two days ago to Jamie Fox. Yo, Jamie, what's good? Yo, bro, I need to get in touch with you now. Here's another piece to the game. If you don't get you don't get a you don't get an answer, what's the next move you're gonna make? Follow up. Okay, so now you're getting a you're not getting a DM back, right? So now I'm saying, okay, I'm not getting a DM back from Jamie Foxx. What am I gonna do? I start researching who I know that knows Jamie Foxx. Give you a good example. I'll give you even a better example. Yeah, I, I DM Mike Tyson. I'm like, yo, Mike, what's going? What's, what's good, man? It's Fat Man Scoop. I'm looking for you. I want you to be on my podcast. No answer, right? right. And then I go yeah. to somebody that I that that I know that knows Mike Tyson. He's like, yo, Mike, I can't get to Mike right now because so and so and so. And I keep talking and I put the energy out there. Yo, I want to get Mike Tyson on my show. Just randomly, I'm talking to I'm talking to him. 
I'm talking to him right there. And he says, yo, I'm saying, ah, Mike Tyson. He said, yo, what are you talking about? Like Mike Tyson's, the guy who does Mike Tyson's podcast who set it up, that's my guy. We're good. Blah, blah, blah. Now I got that in the pocket. Wow. Crazy. And, and you would have, you could have given up. You could have just been like, nah, Jamie Foxx, you know, or Mike Tyson had responded, move on. Move, no, you can't move on. You got to find I know, but I'm saying you could have. That's, yeah, that's you, the beauty you of it. Keep, you got to keep looking. For example, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I know Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal knows me, but I can't get to him. So I said, wait a minute, hold on. Who made a record with him? He made a record with him. All right, let me get in touch with him, put him on my show, and then I can turn around and get him. For example, Damon John is a good friend of mine from from Shark Tank, right? All right, so yeah. I, did a, I did an interview with Damon. Damon's my guy. I turned back around. I'm like, yo, Damon, man, I need help with getting to Mark Cuban. You can't be afraid to ask. You can't be afraid to work. If you're going to, anything you're going to do in life, there's a struggle to it. If you don't get scraped, if you don't have bruises and bumps from, your, from, from going through your journey, you're not doing nothing. And anything, anything that is hard to do takes work. And if it was easy, everybody could do it. And this is no disrespect to somebody who works at McDonald's or, or, or Burger King or Nando's or whatever. But if it's a job that people can do easily, they'll pay you for it. That's it. The people who make the most money do the jobs that is really, really hard to do. They either take skill, uh, 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 guts, or, or, or hard-ass work. What I do is interview people. I'll eventually get a deal for this, and I won't get a deal for for the for the for the for the time that I put in. I'm gonna get a deal for this. Hey, fat man, scoop. We see that you're interviewing somebody on an iPad, okay? You just got a backdrop, okay? But you're finding the people, you're putting the questions together, you're editing it. If you can do this by yourself, what can you do with a team of seven people behind? you and a hundred thousand dollars per 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 uh per show and what can you do if we put you in front of 15 million households instead of the hundred and fifteen thousand you got that's what you get paid for mate I, th I think you've missed your vocation in life i think you should be a business coach if i'm honest i mean it's <laughs> i mean there, there'll be some of that down the road too i just have to grab i have to do each thing at, at a time. I have an online course about the music industry that I'm about to complete uh, because I've been so heavy, hard and heavy on this Instagram and getting it stable. I haven't done it. But once maybe three or four weeks, I'm going to hop into that and I'm going to do consulting and coaching when it comes to the music industry. So that's another thing. People, one stream of income never cut it before. But now more than ever, you better have three or four. For, and, and, I, and, I, and I'll be completely transparent and use myself as a good example. I make a lot of money performing. I take it around this world. On an average year, I, I circle the globe at least 60 times. I do at least, at least 600,000 to, uh, to 800,000 miles worth of travel a year. I make a lot of money doing Fat Man Scoop and have a lot of fun doing it. And... I said to myself, yo, listen, I'm on, I'm on cruise control. Yeah, I got my radio show and all that stuff, but I'm on cruise control. I'm good. You know, just going through. My business got destroyed. Now what? Now what? Now let's just say that I would have had the foresight to be doing Instagram live every night or a podcast every, every week, right? By now, three or four years in, I'd have... $15,000 a month coming in from podcasts. I'd have, I'd be selling my time on Instagram and doing business deals and X, Y, Z. I had three, four different places of income. I could have probably sold my course on YouTube. Now I've got three or four different streams of income coming in where, where I'm not just depending on this one. Number, and the final thing I want to say is this. You can do the brick and mortar. You can do the face-to-face. That's all good, but your digital better be, you better get down with your digital because that's the, that's the move forward. What if we turn around and there's another lockdown for four months? Then what? Everything that you do, you better find a digital component for it. I don't care if you're selling underwear. I don't care if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, uh, a barber, you better find a digital component for that because that's where it's going. Yeah, we're very big on that, mate.
asset creating. It's uh, it saves you multiple streams of revenue. You're completely right. For the, the hindsight is a wonderful thing, you know, Raj. I mean, you're you're big on that digital assets. You, you've got so you, the thing is, Raj, you've got a product ecosystem. You've always had that. I've noticed that about you. For me, one of the things that I struggle with is that I had production. We did our line production work. We used to do things with like Red Bull, Will Smith, the Pope. You know, we did a lot of really big production work, but it was all physically shooting. Nothing online. Couldn't serve our clients online. There were the, 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 the delivery, the, the method of delivery change wasn't there. Um, and what you've done is that your tours obviously were to cater to a fan base. What you've done is you've taken the method away. And Seb talks about this, our co-host. Um, you changed the delivery. You basically just pivoted now just doing online, but doing it through valuable interviews and, and interviewing other influential people and leveraging the network. So you're actually doing the same thing. Your your mission to serve your fan base is still the same. It's just the delivery is completely swapped. Um, and I think that's what people just need to sit down. You mentioned earlier about using your skill set and what people need. Um, and you said, you know, you've got to find a way to make a digital component online. Is that, is that where it starts? What's the first step for a business owner to sit down and go, right, how the hell do I get online? What's the first step? Who are you asking me? Well, you both of you. I mean, Scoop, let's go with you um, first. I think you just have to sit down and you say, well, what, what do I have to offer? So um, I'm selling widgets. I'm, I'm selling widgets. Okay. Um, wh- you know, what kind of widgets do I have? Uh, are they are they shippable? Uh, you know, can I, can I, yeah, I'm in Dubai uh, selling widgets, but can I sell widgets in Russia? And then the second thing is to say, all right. What what way am I going to sell this? Am I going to sell it on a website? Am I going to do my business through Instagram? Am I going to do my business through Facebook? And then if you don't know those particular platforms, getting someone that does know them to help you. I'll give you a good example. I am doing interviews. Now, with interviews, if you get eyeballs, you can get, you can make money on YouTube. And, 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 and in a second, Instagram Live is going to have a component where they will uh they will give you ad revenue i don't know a lot about youtube i just learned how to really post my stuff up and do key keywords and certain things my daughter is at home during the covid with me so she's in the next room so i begged i asked and i and i i yelled and i cajoled and i did anything i could to ask her to help me learn youtube I went and brought her two courses about YouTube, one about how to how to do it, and the second one about how to advertise on YouTube. And I have her reading those courses and absorbing those inform- absorbing that information. And then I told her, I said, listen, if you help me to get to where I need to go, I'll help you by getting you a car. So I had no way to pay her, but what I did was I said, if I give her an incentive, and we work hard to make it happen, and she'll get what she wants. So part of a deal is getting some, everybody's got to walk away with something that they want. A deal yeah. is not when you take advantage of me and when you pillage me. A deal is when we both walk away and we both get something. So the, the carrot in this situation is my daughter wants a car. I want to give her a car. In non-COVID world, I would have just brought her a car and it we would have kept it moving. But now I have to create a stream of income in order to make that work. So I said, listen, I need you. I need your help. You're young. You understand all these platforms. Please help your dad. And then she jumped in. She's studying it now. She's reading it. And when we get it all together, I'll take it. We'll execute. And whatever comes out of it, I'll give it to her. And that's the same way that you have to run your business. Now, it, that's a little a little bit different when you run a business. You can't go to your daughter and say, "Listen, work for free." But what you can do again is you can you can you can create collab, you can create alliances, you can do things where you help somebody and they help you. It, it, it's the same thing. It's just in my personal situation, it's a, a little bit more peer to peer personal. But take the same. Take the same uh, blueprint and apply it to your business. So true. It's just basically trade swapping. If you look at it, I mean, taking your daughter and maybe swapping that as another example for another business, how can you leverage each other's trades to benefit mutually? Exactly. Going back to collaboration. Yeah. So, so, so maybe there's a guy that, that, that there's an Instagram 
expert, an Instagram influencer. Okay, so we're going to ride together. Here's what we're going to do. You'll, you'll handle the Instagram for me. Whatever, if, if the product is $20.99, I give you $4.99 each time it, it, uh, uh, there's a sale made. I don't have any money now, but if you're willing to work and do this, then down the line as I grow and I get, back, I get my legs back under me, you have a client now. If you're at home and you have no client, you have nothing, take this risk. It's worth a risk. And that's the way you have to approach it. And that's the way you have to come at people. And, that, and this is a this time is about deal making. This time is not about a, a bunch of people being cash rich, rich. This is about let's make a deal that's beneficial to both of us and let's try to work what we have. Amazing. Amazing. We've just had a question pop up from Saj. And guys, anyone watching? We're, we're on the tail end of this interview now. So anyone who wants to give a uh, scoop a question or Raj a question, please drop them in the comments below. Uh, Raj just said uh, regarding increasing content, what is the priority? Selling awareness, technical content, education. I think we've circled this a few times. It's going to be value, isn't it? It's education, things like that. Do you agree, Raj? Yeah, I mean, as, as the world gets more competitive and whatever it is that you're trying to teach or however you're trying to offer value, like I said, it's going to be you versus a bunch of people that are trying to offer value in the same way. And whilst you might be the most gifted person when it comes to your subject matter, that doesn't really matter if the people don't know the difference. And yeah. so you can be super talented and the only way that you can stand out is by being more consistent. Now, consistency works in two different ways, but this is to, this is to, to Scoop's point. Consistency is really, really important. You can go one of two ways. One is you can do what Will Smith said which is he may not be like the best at everything versus everybody, but if you put him on a treadmill versus somebody else, he'll keep running and he'll keep running until he dies. So in that moment, you can go harder than everybody else. Alternatively, you can do what I do. Look at my Instagram. There's maybe on a good, on a good month, I have 3,600 followers. I don't have the quote unquote numbers. My YouTube followers is below 1,000. But the people that text me back when I ask them for stuff will blow your freaking head off. Why? Because from a project perspective, I've been consistent. Launching big records in the garage genre in the 90s and 2000s, going to Canada in 2003 and getting deep in the ringtones game when ringtones were like crack out here. Mm -hmm. Coming back and working in the movie industry with, you know, being very fortunate to work with people like Dynamo, who I know from the streets anyway, and, and doing projects with him. 2008, you know, Gary, and then five, six, seven years later, launching Vayner World, Love Soul TV with Vic, meeting people like Fatman Scoop and Raekwon, and these guys are my OGs right now. Like, I might not be consistent in terms of putting out the most podcast in one blast, doing the most IG lives in one blast, but when you look over a 20-year span, I'm here. And honestly, bro, like, this is just real talk, and maybe I'm just getting loose on the interview right now. I've not had a bad year probably ever, bro, since I've been in the game. Wow. And probably not a bad month and probably not a bad week. Number one champion. Honestly, truthfully speaking, you I mean, I've taken losses. I've gone home with I've gone home some nights with less money in my pocket than I had when I left out and I went out that night. You know what I'm saying? Or or like on a project or on a deal, could lose a few thousand here or a few tens of thousand. You know, we we can lose money here and there, but my consistency. The fact that when something new happens and I show up and I take part and I take a risk and I pay dues and, and show the respect, that is one way that you can really, really get to where you want to get to. You can do what Scoop's doing right now and be in the moment and go all in and hold on to that the way that Will Smith does. Hold on to it until everybody else stops running on the treadmill and he's the last one. Or you can just jump on and off treadmills but make sure that every single time a new treadmill comes out, you jump on it. Ringtones, I was there. Online content, I was there. Media and publishing in LA in 2007, I was there. Podcasts, I was there. Events and collaborations in Dubai, I was there. Very much thanks to you, Tim. I say it every single time I can because I've never exchanged money for your services. But every single time I can shout out F10, I do. Because we changed, we changed culture here, man. Yeah, true. Amazing. Thank you, guys. That's that, that just real. So true. Um, next question, got one from Sab here. Have you seen the music and entertainment industry adapt to the pandemic and what do you see as a permanent change for the future? Scoop, how do you think the music industry is going to shift permanently after COVID? 
Um, as far as songs and music, it hasn't changed. Checks are still getting cut for remixes. I did one with Missy Elliott. Checks are still getting cut for that. Yeah. You know, no, no, nothing like nothing. I think that the way it's consumed live will change for a year or two. And I think we need to figure out what our platform is going to be for performing. And is it cool to be DJing for free and all of that right now? Yes. But eventually this is going to subside. It's already coming down and starting to subside. So now when are we going to start, when are we going to make the decision to get paid for what we do again? And how are we going to do that? That's a good question. So, so that's the main thing. How, how are we going to get paid for what we do? And what is the, who's going to be, what's going to be the platform? <clears throat> what's going to be the platform that allows us to do that? For me, I'm going to start slow with 50 people or 100 people. So, hey, people, listen, if you want to have 100 of you guys come through for 100 of your friends come through for 25 quid, come on with it. Come on with it. I'll shout all of y'all out. We'll make it at night. You can put it up on your Instagram. Oh, I was I was with Fat Man Scoop. He was DJing. All right, that's what we're going to do. And once I get that to 100, then God willing, I get it to 200 and, and, and so forth and so forth. How are you going to take your brand and 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 vertical it, so to speak? All right, so yeah, you now doing the 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 the, the uh, Zoom live or whatever it is. How are you gonna sell your T-shirts? How are you gonna How are you gonna connect this to your Cash App or your Zelle or whatever the thing is that you use to collect money so they can donate to you? How are you gonna do it? So, so my first goal is to stabilize my IG where it's I do it with my eyes closed. I'm close to that. My next, my next, my next, uh, my next, uh, my next business move is to be able to do. I set myself up so in the morning I get up, I do whatever interview it is for the day. I get everything together. I get the, the run the show together, and then I do the little editing or whatever. And then I do my phone calls and then I go downstairs every day, every day and do at least two songs. Whether that's a TikTok going, cover your mouth, uh, uh, get your boyfriend, or whatever, whatever dumb thing that I do that I can put on TikTok or whether it's a record or whether it's a remix for something, being consistent. Because the one thing that I learned throughout this pandemic is consistency, hard work, it's going to always get you where you need to go. So yeah. I'm at a hundred, I was at like, I said like 80,000, I'm at like 115 now, right? So 80, 80,000, 90,000, 100,000, 115, 25,000. Now let's say that I turn around and I start doing music consistently because I have my own video equipment. I have my own editing equipment. Say I shoot a video a week or video every 10 days, and I keep dropping, I keep dropping. People love music, so my number's gonna go from 114 to 214. Now here's, now here's, where, the, now here's where the fun starts. You got two, 215,000 followers. If 1% of those followers buy your product, what do you have? You have a client. You have two clients. Yeah, so let's just say that Let's say 215,000, right? 10% of 215,000 is 21,500. 1% 1 is 2,150. So let's even cut that in half. Let's say 5% of 1%, uh, half of 1%, right? That's 1,000 people or something, 1,000 people or something, right? If 1,000 people can buy this, I'm working on my mixtape sweater, what do I have? Oh, a lot of money. You have a lot of money. That's one, th that's one thing we've not mentioned, guys. You, you've actually started a clothing line. I'm social distancing still. I mean, I, I've had checked it out. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely very cool. How, how long did it take you to get all that together, for example? Because that's something you've not even mentioned. You've done that as well. I, I mean, I had, a, I had my friends at Artic Gray. And if you guys if you guys want anything done on Shopify, go to Artic Gray. A-R-T-I-C-G-R-E-Y. They, they're, uh, they're a design company for Shopify. They're Shopify... Um, this, this Shopify uh, uh, 
verified, and they did all my stuff for me. I tell you this. In business, you always got to be ready for the curve. And when I mean the curve, the curveball. I went and made these shirts, and I, and I was selling them. I was starting to sell them. I was about 100 in, 150 in. And you know what happened? COVID made it, COVID made it so that every time that the, the people got sick in the factory, they had to shut the factory down. So now instead of taking two days to get to you, it takes four weeks to get to you. Now I got a bunch of people complaining. Yo, where's my where's my shirts? And the one thing is that you can have a lot of goodwill, but if something bad happens with your business, it can be eroded in 30 seconds. I stopped selling the shirts. I stopped selling everything. And what I did was I just, yesterday I brought a heat press. And I'm going to put that heat press in my little area, in, 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 my, in my storage area. And when, and when I get the calls, I don't care if it's 20, 20, 20, uh, 20 shirts a day, if it's 50, if it's 100, I'll be down there in the middle of the night going, shaboom, shaboom, shaboom. I'll be doing that all night. And I will service those people. And, and when if it gets too big for me, I'll get some young kid to come in and he'll do it. The bottom line is you business is a minefield. It's a, it's a, it's a minefield. You got to be you got to be in a mood pivot and do everything you have to do and you have to be fluid enough to do it like this and fluid enough to do it like that. And, 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 and at the end of the day, if you want to be in business and you want to survive in business, you got to be resilient. You gotta be consistent. You've gotta be hungry, and you've gotta be focused. If you're not gonna do that, you're not gonna make it. And I don't care who it is, whether you're in Dubai or Dubai, Texas, or or you're at the Dubai gas station in in New York City. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. And here's the thing: the final thing I want to say about about this, and then I'll just leave it to you guys. Education is always key. Be careful about what you spend your time on. The most important uh, uh, asset we have is time. Down to the point that I use a stopwatch for everything that I do. I put the stopwatch on. I'm like, oh, how, how long am I doing this? How long am I doing this? How long am I doing this? Because all we have is time. So if you're wasting your time hanging out, if you're wasting your time watching movies, and, and listen, like I said, I have a lot of friends that are watching movies. I told them once, I'm not going to beat you in the head with it. If you don't walk out of this with a new skill, a new job, a new line of work, you lost. Wow. Because you had all day to do it. You got your job, your job paused. So now you, instead of having, instead, some of y'all don't have to work. Some of y'all have physical work where you have to do something. Now you're at home eight hours a day. What's your excuse? What's your excuse going to YouTube University and learning what you, what you want to do? What's your excuse for going and going after your dream? What's your excuse now? What is it? So okay. if you don't walk out of this with, if you don't walk out of this with something, man, you're a loser, period. So true. So true. Man, Scoop, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, hearing from you. Um, Thank you. I want to I just talk a bit about how people could just be a part of your immense growth right now. So people, obviously, Instagram, you're doing the 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, Make Some Noise podcast. Yes. Um, tell everyone how else could people to keep in touch with you. Well, well uh, here's the thing. I understand that 6 p.m. in... In, uh, in New York City is what, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. Is it like 2 o'clock in the morning in Dubai? 2 a.m. Right. Yeah. I, uh, don't, I don't expect you to do that unless you work overnight. <laughs> well, so, you'd have, you'd have uh, a strong fan base if they get up at 2 for you, mate. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, but it's very easy. Every night I interview somebody on Instagram Live. Tonight is Dr. Oz. He's, he's basically America's doctor. And then, uh, and then uh, Thursday is Dougie Fresh, and Friday is Chuck D, and I'm, I'm working on Chris Rock and a couple other people. I've, ha I've had so many people on the show from, um, you know, conservative, uh, Firebrand, Candace Owens, to LL, to everybody. All you have to do is go on my Instagram, at Fat Man Scoop, and listen, you don't have to watch it then. The replay will be there. If the replay is not up on the page, 
All you got to do is hit my IG, my Instagram TV logo, which is the one in the middle of my profile. Just hit that, and you can see every interview I've done with Snoop and everybody else. And, and um, it's on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash Scoop. You can get it there. And, of course, the Make Noise podcast, which you can get it on Apple or any or any place that podcasts are available. Three Amazing. ways to get it. Amazing. All right, guys, we're going to put this in the description as well if you're watching this video later. Uh, Scoop, thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time. It's an absolute privilege and honor to hear your words and very inspirational, honestly. Um, you're a true entrepreneur. And uh, Raj, thank you once again for coming on and giving us value. You guys have an amazing night. Thank you so much. My appreciate pleasure. Shout out to everybody. I appreciate you guys. Much love. All right, take care, guys. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.